0: Welcome to episode 69 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week, my guest Cassandra Martin shares her experience of joining the Air Force using the Palace Chase program to go to the Reserves and then leaving the reserves to be a civilian and military spouse. If you are like me and you had heard of the Palace Chase program but didn't know exactly what it is or how you could use it, this is a great episode to listen to so that you can learn more about that and just about the reserves in general. So this is another great episode, so let's get started. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Welcome to the show, Cassie. I'm excited to hear about your story of being in the military. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with why did
1: you decide to join the military? I actually never like planned on joining the military. Uh, I am a military brat, but it was never something that... We discussed as a family or even really threw around with myself or my sister, like, which I guess is odd, you know, being a military brat. But I always thought I'd go into the legal field. Uh, after high school, I started a paralegal program, but I didn't complete that. I just wasn't focused at the time. And so that kind of just is what found myself with my stepmom in the recruiter's office.
0: And um- With your family being military, were they Air Force? Air Force, yes. Okay.
1: So is that why you picked Air Force? Yes. Yes, absolutely. My dad and stepmom were in the Air Force. I grew up primarily with my mom, but if it was going to be any service, then it was definitely going to be the Air Force.
0: So you spent most of the time with your mom. So were you like, she's not military? Correct. Okay. Right. And then when you spent time with your, your dad and stepmom, it was military life. So how much time did you get to spend with like your dad and how, how much did the military affect you?
1: Well, I was born in Texas Laughlin Air Force Base. And from there, we went overseas. My parents divorced when we were overseas. So when I was, I think, maybe kindergarten, maybe. So very young. So I kind of got a, to experience both civilian and mer- military life, you know, childhood, I guess you could say. We didn't get to see my dad too often, maybe once or twice a year. You know, while he was overseas, then he was stationed in Ohio and we lived in Pennsylvania. But I did have the opportunity whenever I was in high school to go to high school overseas. It was on Vogelwe and my dad was, they were stationed at Ramstein at the time. So I did get to go and experience high school as a military brat, which was, you know, a great opportunity, just being able to get back overseas and experience it whenever I can remember, you know, and just see the culture and... Yeah,
0: that's kind of cool. So you kind of had both civilian and military. You had the military influence like your whole life because your dad was in the military, but then you kind of stepped away when your mom and dad got divorced. Right. And yeah. So being a military brat, did you feel like you were ready to join the Air Force? Like you knew what was coming? I
1: don't think you could ever <laughs> know everything that you're about to walk into. But having my, being a military brat, that definitely put me at an advantage since my dad and stepmom were able to prepare me. You know, they talked to me about, you know, even from whenever I was enlisting, just looking at jobs, looking at the tech school, the length of tech school. I had chosen a, um, to go into the healthcare management field. It was a six week tech school program. So kind of was guided there to, you know, not to Just to, you know, something I was interested in, but also something that wasn't going, I was going to be able to get into the operational Air Force soon, quickly, versus being a student, you know, for one of the longer tech schools, you know, career fields. So that definitely helped drive uh, my career field, which I'm very thankful for. And, you know, just preparing for basic training. I never was really athletic, but my dad and I started running and training, if you will, for basic training, (laughs) Which, I mean, I remember crying on those runs, you know, not thinking I could ever, you know, make the PT test, the mile and a half run and set up some push ups. So that was, you know, definitely a struggle starting off, but they definitely helped prepare me, grew me for the military, which, you know, I definitely was an advantage.
0: Yeah. I think having that resource is something that sometimes people don't realize how valuable it is because right. I think when I was looking at enlisting, I. I don't remember what I picked. It was like avionics or something, but the tech school was like six months or something like that. It was really long. And at the time I didn't think about like how long it was or even though, like I kind of thought all tech schools were six months. So I didn't Mm -hmm. really, I was just like, oh, this is how you do it. And then I ended up doing ROTC, but I was like, that was like a huge, and I was going to do National Guard, so I was going to come back and like be National Guard, but I was going to be in that active duty phase for a long time, and I didn't even know there was different options.
1: (laughs) Right, right.
0: So can we talk about, you were on active duty for three years, what was your
1: experience like? So uh, my first duty station uh, brought me back overseas to Germany. So I felt like that even just being a dependent, um, being a military brat prepared me for that. My first duty station since I had already experienced overseas. Of course, it's definitely different going over as an adult, you know, uh, responsible for myself navigating the airports and, you know, just different country by yourself. But I definitely was more prepared for that. And I did two years overseas and I was stationed PCS to FE War in Wyoming. But overseas, I met my husband. So, I mean, that was a blessing. My parents also, you know, warned me about, you know, the stigma of, you know, don't marry anybody at your first of course, tech school or your first duty station. So, you know, that was interesting, you know, that I'm now married to the person that I met at my first duty station, but 12 years, you know, later. And then F.E. Warren, Wyoming, uh, that's where I decided to palace chase from. I was there about a year um, in the palace chase program. Um, I still had a year left of my four-year enlistment. Um, But with the Palace Chase program, I was able to just basically double that time left of my enlistment in the reserve program. And it kind of just allowed me to have a little bit more flexibility with my then military career.
0: And you mentioned your husband. And so you guys met in Germany. And then did you guys get married right away? Or did you take your parents' advice and wait a little bit?
1: (laughs) Yes, um, we definitely waited about four or five years until we got married. But that was also like a challenge in itself, just being, you know, we were stationed overseas together, and then we both got orders stateside. So, you know, how is this going to work? We both were stationed at different duty bases. He was stationed in Arizona and I went to Wyoming. And Wyoming was just, I mean, that alone was just a kind of a culture shock for me because I was city girl and I'm out in the tumbleweeds and, uh, you know, just nothing around. So I think, you know, just that duty assignment, you know, also contributed to, you know, the palace chase from there. And of course, you know, if it's something that we're going to work through and stay together, being dual military does make it difficult.
0: Yeah, it does. And when were you in, when was when did you meet your husband like what time frame like was it just thinking of like technology and how hard it was to stay connected oh yeah 2006 okay so yeah 2006 there's like the first iphone came out shortly after that and Mm -hmm. so yeah and so yeah it's technology i think sometimes we think about like long distance relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now and like it's only been 12 years, but like, it's a big difference. And my husband went active duty a year before me. And so we like talked on the phone for a year before we like got to be stationed together. And yeah. And that was the way we communicated. It was just phone calls.
1: It's kind of crazy. Which, I mean, I think that also just being that military brat and growing up, you know, with my, not my parents on the same household, that, I mean, I guess, prepared me also for that military life because um, you are you do experience TDY's being times being apart, TDY's deployment. So I feel like that all definitely um, helped make that easier. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. And then so you palace Chase at the three year mark. So that would have made your commitment to be two years in the reserves. Did you stay in Wyoming or did
1: you move somewhere else? Yes, I then moved to Arizona. So I got a, um, I got a reserve position at Davis-Monthan in Arizona. So then I was also closer to, well, boyfriend at the time and my husband. Um, And so we were now in the same state. And then I was able to also use my GI Bill to go back to school. So I went back to school full-time and it was really the, the Palace Chase program really opened up a lot of doors and opportunities for me because I was able to, I started off at Davis-Monthan with a reserve position there. And then I transferred up to Luke Air Force Base whenever a position opened up there and and also an air reserve position an art air reserve technician position which is an art Uh, so if you have a reserve commitment you can work full-time as a gs employee with that reserve unit so then i was able to you know walk into that opportunity so that was a full-time but again i had you know flexibility being a reservist
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and so you said, like, you guys dated four or five years. So when you got to Luke, is that approximately how many years into it? Were you married then or were you about to get married? No,
1: we were just still dating. We got married in 2012. Okay. So still at Luke, kind of later on. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the typical you know, shotgun wedding or, you know, that (laughs) you hear a lot about in the military. Yeah, a lot of people, they meet and then they get married, but you guys,
0: you guys did the long distance thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, my husband really, he's, he, you know, wanted to, he was the one that, I I mean, I feel like I probably would have, it would have been a lot sooner, but, you know, he wanted to make sure that it was, it was right. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it worked out. Yes. And now a
2: word from our sponsor. Is your family going to be okay financially if you die? Hey there, I'm Melissa Skir, Coast Guard spouse and experienced insurance agent. As the owner of Insure the Heroes Incorporated, an independent term life insurance brokerage, I help military families past and present, as well as the general public, put together life insurance plans that fit their needs and budget. Military spouses provide financial value to their families, even if they're not working. I encourage them to consider what their service member would do if they died. Securing the right amount of life insurance is how you can protect your home front should you pass away prematurely. The SDLA is rarely enough to cover your family's long-term financial needs. Also, when you transition out of the military into the civilian world, life insurance shopping will be on your to-do list. Ideally, you want to lock in coverage well beforehand. Remember, life insurance isn't for you. It's for the ones you leave behind. So head on over to my website at insuretheheroes.com for a no-obligation quote or to book a complimentary call. If you prefer, you can dial me directly at 844-514-LIFE. Thanks,
0: Melissa. I wanted to let you guys know that I published a book last year called Women of the Military that is available on Amazon. I also launched a Patreon site, which allows listeners to directly support Women of the Military podcast by giving a portion ranging from $1 up to $50 a month to show your support as being a supporter of the Women of the Military podcast. That's all I have for now. Let's get back to the show. And so is he still in the
1: Air Force? He is. He is. Now we're in uh, Mountain Home, Idaho. We were from Arizona. We went to Texas. And uh, whenever he had a, whenever he got orders for a special um, duty assignment in Texas, that's whenever I decided to, you know, that I would no longer drill as a reservist anymore. We already had one child and another one on the way and just looking for a civilian job full time for me. How, you know, it was just a lot of change for us at that time. So that's whenever I stepped away from the military and he's still in and has five years left. That's exciting.
0: So when you transitioned out, you went so you went from active duty and then you did reserves and then you transitioned out all the way. Do you feel like that was like a stepping away
1: slowly or was it still like you lost something when you left? Um, I really think that that transition for me really helped it to be smooth. It was really gradual going from full time active duty to reserve and then also just being able to work full time with the reserve unit as a GS employee, though. And that I I just really think that that helped one, you know, gradually set up walking away from the military and also building my resume throughout that time as well. You know, getting college completed, um, it just really helped help set me up for that completely stepping into civilian sector. And do
0: you still work right now? You work full time, right?
1: I do. Mm -hmm. But not with the military.
0: Right. And so what is that like being a military spouse? And every time you move, you have to like start over. Mm -hmm. I know -hmm. what that's like.
1: So, yes, that's definitely a challenge. And I was in Texas, our last position or last assignment, um, I was blessed with a remote telecommute work from home job. So I definitely which whenever we PCS from Texas to Idaho. It was very smooth transition for me. I didn't have to find another job here which where we're at here is a very, very small town. So I would either have to be driving into Boise an hour. So it, it's definitely a blessing being able to work from home, you know, telecommuting. And I think that that really just made the transition so much easier for us and our family.
0: Yeah. A remote job that can
1: move with you. Right. Right.
0: That Starting over part. Yeah. So,
1: yes. It just yeah. takes out that that extra, you know, it's just one more thing to st- worry about or you know have to factor in so
0: yeah I when I w- when we were both active duty it was like when we moved we both had our career and so it was just like you just picked up and you moved. Right. But then when you're a military spouse you have to like figure everything out right and if you don't have like a career that's remote, right you have to find that job too and it's it's really a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. And plus, just knowing also, you know, you know, on your resume where it says the different locations, you know, sometimes employers know if if they do know that you're military affiliated, just knowing that you'll only be with them for a period of time, you know, until you have orders to move somewhere else, just having to kind of combat that as well. So just having that remote position where you can, you know, take it, go wherever um, it really has been a blessing.
0: Yeah. What is it like to be both a military spouse and a veteran? Do you feel like people recognize you as a veteran or as a military
1: spouse only? I definitely think a military spouse. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I... I'm a proud military spouse. I'm very proud of my husband. And I think, you know, just being a veteran has helped me be able to understand and better support him in the world that he's in, which I think, you know, is a challenge sometimes in marriages, um, military marriages. Uh, So I definitely think that we, you know, have that advantage that I, you know, I've been there. I've, I know so much changes, um, but I at least have that foundation, that understanding
0: yeah, I agree with that because my husband and I can talk about like the like promotion stuff and the award stuff and like why why you have to do whatever you have to do and like it's a common understanding because like we were both in and so I understand that. Sometimes right. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact that you don't like it because sometimes like you know when you're on active duty and you have to like go to an exercise or do right. whatever and yeah. you're like, I don't like this, yes. but it's my job.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> just I mean, just having that level of understanding, knowing. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's definitely been helpful for us.
0: So did I miss anything from your time in the military that you wanted to talk about? Um
1: let's see. Um, the Palace Chase program. I mean, I think that that's just huge, just knowing that that's an option out there. um, It's not something, I feel like it's not something that's talked about or exposed as much. And just like the benefits of it, you know, having that flexibility and control, if you will, over your career. I just think that that was such a great opportunity. And, you know, being able to experience different, um, you know, you're kind of, I mean, you really have to advocate and search and seek out, you know, different opportunities, different openings um, at different units. But there's definitely flexibility to, you know, transfer around and just build your resume with different um, jobs and experiences. So I really think that that was a great opportunity and... You know, I've always, I've sometimes struggled with, you know, going back in, but I really feel like, you know, I had a great experience. You know, at the end of the day, I've had a great experience and we're just in a different place with our family now and with young children. So,
0: yeah. And so if someone was listening and they're on active duty and they were thinking about doing Palace Chase or they wanted to learn more What would be your advice and like their first step to make that process start? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Finding like a fellow reservist to talk to, uh, talking with the recruiters, they can set you up with a unit or point of contact at uh, a unit at your base even um, and go introduce yourself and, you know, have those conversations and ask questions, you know, find out, do some research and just, you know, like you have to expose yourself, you have to involve yourself and ask the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Make those connections. And, you know,
0: yeah, you have to like put yourself out there, make the connections and especially like you wanted to move to Arizona. So you had to get connected with people in Arizona so that you right.
1: And the recruiters can help facilitate that look for openings and is also such a small, it's such a small military. Also, you know, you always run into somebody that you've known from a previous base or um, so it, it kind of, you know, just using that also. Yeah. So
0: if someone is on active duty and they're struggling to find someone who's reserves and they need to just send an email to me or send me a message on LinkedIn and I can help connect you so that uh-huh. you can get that process started. Because I've heard Palace Chase a lot and I knew that it was a program, right. but I really didn't understand what it was. And I loved how you explained it so easily. And I'm like, why didn't anyone <laughs> explain it to me like that? Yes. It's,
1: it's really a great program. It really is.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like if you're like in, you never know what happens, like you go active duty and like you met someone and it made more sense to be in Arizona, but you never know like what's going to happen. So like to have that flexibility where you can change your commitment, where you extend it and you get to do reserves Mm -hmm. where you can move
1: where you want to be. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's also just going reserve. So not necessarily even the palace chase program, but if, if you're, you know, a lot of people after their four years talk about getting out and in, in, instead of fully getting out, you know, just taking that, having it more of a transition, you know, with doing a reserve, start having a reserve commitment, then, you know, you can still start your civilian career, your civilian life, whether it's school or career, um, you can still pursue that, um, but you still have that the military comfort, if you will, kind of guiding you and transitioning you into that civilian sector fully. I think, you know, it's a, it's, it's a bigger transition than I think we all expect.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's like you've ripped the bandaid off and instead you can just do it slowly. <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing up that up again. I think it was important that we talked about it. And I think that It's something that people, if they're looking for something or if they feel stuck, because I feel like sometimes the military can make you feel stuck. You can even
1: do a different career field, which then, again, helps build your resume, you know, for that civilian sector, you know, so it could be a different career field even. And, you know, again, it's it's the one week in a month, two weeks a year, um, or there's different opportunities, like how I pursued the art program, the air reserve technician um, at my with my reserve unit, you know, working full time with them which was an amazing opportunity.
0: Yeah. So there's lots of opportunities out there. So if you're, if you feel like you don't know what to do and you need some help, you can still reach out to me or just learn more about the reserves. Every base I think has a reserves recruiter that you can talk to. So you should be able to find them. And my last question is going to be, what would you tell girls who are considering joining the military?
1: I would say go for it. Um, you know, it really gave me that sense of independence, pride, and purpose. Um, you know, I'm thankful, so thankful for the foundation that it set for me. So I would definitely encourage anyone to give it four years. Yeah, I think
0: that's great. Give it four years, see what, see what comes from it and then see where Mm -hmm. it takes
1: you. Right. Right. You never know.
0: Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share your story and give us some valuable information that we might not have thought about. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you for what you're doing for this community. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmantomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.